Welcome to Scaling Up, the podcast for water treaters by water treaters, where we're scaling up on knowledge so we don't scale up our systems. Hi, everybody. Trace Blackmore here, and we are continuing our series on how to become a certified water technologist. My guest today is recent CWT Andy Morcom of JTech. Now, I've known Andy since he started his career as a water treater. Now, when Andy started, he couldn't even spell water treatment, but he sure can now. And he holds this prestigious designation of certified water technologist. Andy told me a long time ago that he liked being in this industry and he wanted to celebrate that by getting his CWT. Well, This year, he did just that, and he got his CWT. After Andy passed the examination, and yes, Angela, I called it an examination and not a test, he called me to let me know the good news. He also asked if I would write his letter of recommendation. As Angela explained before, you need five letters of recommendation, and I was honored to do one of those. I got to say... I'm always honored when people ask me to do that. I've been very lucky in my career. I have been able to teach water treatment. It's one of my passions to several CWTs, and I absolutely love it. I'm humbled by it. I'm honored by it when people that I have taught ask me to write that letter of designation. One of the coolest things that I get to do in my career. As you know, there are two ways to take the CWT examination, country and Western, for those Blues Brothers fans out there. Andy took his examination at a Pearson View testing center. So he took it very near to his house. He is going to tell us all about that experience. So join me as we learn insights on getting the CWT from new CWT, Andy Morcom. My lab partner today is Andy Morcom, and Andy just received his CWT certification a couple of months ago, and a lot of people have asked me questions about the process of getting their certified water technologist designation, and you don't want to hear me talk about that because it's been years since I've taken that test, so I thought, why not get it from Andy? So, Andy, how are you doing today? I'm wonderful, Trace. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I appreciate you asking. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks for letting our listeners know what the process was like for you. But before we get to the actual CWT process, I'd like our listeners to get to know you a little bit better. So tell us how you got into the water treatment industry, if you wouldn't mind. Sure. It's a good question because like a lot of people, I really had no idea that water treatment was an industry before I got started. So, uh, like a lot of others, I was introduced to it by a friend. So, I had a friend I had known for a few years, and I knew that he uh, worked in a family company, had been doing it his whole life, and he approached me and said he was looking for a new sales and service guy, and he really liked the idea of hiring someone outside the field. So, I asked him what he did, and he said, industrial water treatment. And I said, oh, uh, so you treat drinking water? And he said, no. At least you didn't say pool. No, yeah, not not a pool guy. But uh, it was interesting. So I did a lot of research in a short amount of time. And as I was doing that, it came to mind that my grandfather is a chief 
boiler operator for the state of Minnesota. He'd been running steam turbines his whole life. So uh, I had no idea, and he helped uh, explain it a bit as well. But then he gave me an opportunity to join the team, and it was good timing. So I just decided to go for it and jump in, and it's been the best career decision I've ever made. You know, there's been a few times I've been told, and maybe you've heard this, Trace, that water treatment's a lot like the mafia. Once you get in, it, it, you never get out. That's right. And I'm, I'm finding it's true. It, it's a lot of fun. So that's how I got my start. Well, that's great. Yeah, it's it's all funny games until you get that horse head in your bed. <laughs> well, what is your day-to-day like? Well, day-to-day, it, it's getting busier and busier. So I'm up here in Minnesota, and uh, we're moving into the cooling season. And it's a lot more than just service. So we end up planning a lot of time with our customers because when we go out there and we meet with them, uh, testing the water is, is probably the easiest part of what we do. So we schedule in extra time to talk with them about their systems, what issues they're having, changes to their process. And we really make it more of a consultation than we do a, a service visit. So we schedule in each of those. And then we spend a lot of time with industry groups and doing education around the area because so much of what we do is education. Andy, what would you say your favorite thing is about being a water treater? Well, there's a lot of things. My last job was a desk job. So the fact that I get to go out and see places every day that are new and interesting is is wonderful. The people I meet is a big bonus for me in the job. Uh, it's always interesting. You make a lot of friends in this industry. Beyond that, I would have to say taking care of bakeries is my favorite thing. So I've got some kids. My son, when I started, was five years old, and I used to come home with boxes full of donuts after work every couple of weeks. And he was convinced I worked at the donut factory. And in all honesty, I, I kind of did. So. <laughs> Getting to be a part of those industries and see how things are made and interact with all the people who are making them it is the best part of the job. And it's always great when the customers appreciate you so much, they give you some of their wares to take back with you. That's right. Bakeries are first. Breweries are probably a close second. Breweries are great. And then the, uh, the law gets in the way of how much you can take, of, especially here in the Georgia area. <laughs> so uh, eventually there was a time where you said, I want to become the best in this industry, and I want people to know that I'm the best, and I want letters behind my name. So what happened for you to say, you know, I'm all in this industry, I'm all in this career, I'm going to go for my CWT? Yeah, well, when I started at first, it was a steep learning curve. There was so much to absorb. And then after about a year or so, I felt like I had a good handle on the testing in the industry. And from there, I found out about the CWT through the Association of Water Technologies. And I found out that it was the highest accreditation that you can get in the industry. And when I made the decision to make this a career and not just a job, I knew it's something that I I just had to go for. I can't imagine being a, a mountain climber. I love to hike, and I've climbed a few mountains. But being a mountain climber and not trying to climb some of the biggest mountains in the country just doesn't make sense. So you've got to learn. You've got to grow. And the CWT was a great stepping stone for me to to take that next step. So you figured, hey, I'm, I'm in this. I'm in it for every bit. I'm going to go for the best. Absolutely. Nice. Well, 
obviously you couldn't just decide, I'm going to go for my CWT. There's a process involved. And you said there was a learning curve. So what are some of the tools and what are some of the things that you did to prepare yourself to get ready to take that exam? Well, the first thing I did is, is I spoke to a few existing CWTs to find out. I mean, there's some cost to the exam and to the materials, and it's really it's a time commitment. It's not like some tests you may take or may have taken in the past where you can go in and, and study for a couple of days and get through with it and move on. It's a broad test that covers a lot of different areas of our industry. So the first thing I learned is that I had to get a copy of the AWT Technical Resource Manual. And from that manual, uh, and it's a big book, I found 98% of all the answers to the questions I needed for, for the exam. So that was the first step. That's a pretty good endorsement for that. Yeah, it's got to be at least six inches thick, that book. And just a tip for some of the, the people listening, it's not a book that you're intended to read from cover to cover. It's a resource manual, just like a resource book from the library. So determine what it is you want to learn about, whether it's pretreatment, there's a section on boiler treatment, cooling towers, uh, regulations, and approach it in sections. Uh, if you sit down and try to read that thing cover to cover and tell yourself you're not going to take the exam until you get through it, it may be a decade. So Think it through what you want to learn and then approach it that way. All right. Anything else that you used? You know, I went on the AWT website and they actually have a number of training videos and training papers that you can take tests on when you're done. That was a big help. Uh, the third thing I did, and I'll tell this to anyone who's uh, about to take any exam, is you have to learn what your learning style is. So if you're a visual learner, if you're hands-on, if you're audio, you've got to make sure that you're giving yourself that outlet to learn the material. So when I was learning about pretreatment, I didn't just read it in the book. I went out and scheduled visits on RO systems, on dealkalizers, on softener systems, and I played with the valves, and I, I made sure to test all the different components, and that really went a long way in helping me understand the material. Right, that's great advice. Now, as you were studying, you also how, did you did you set the date for the exam and work backwards? Did um, yeah? How did you determine when you were ready to actually take the exam? That's a great question because when I set the date for the exam, I wasn't ready at all. And the reason I did that is because as I was asking around different people in water treatment, so many people had told me they wanted to take the exam and they just hadn't done it yet. So I figured if I picked a date six months out and I scheduled it and the company was going to pay for it, then I would force myself in advance to put in my calendar the time I needed to study. And I think that's a real secret. You have to put it on the calendar. Otherwise, it's hard to take that first step. I think that's great. That's how I coach people to get ready for this exam and, and any other exam Say, I'm going to take this exam and sign up for it, and then now you have a hard date in your calendar you've got to work backwards for. So you said it was about six months when you were ready to do it. Yeah, yeah. So the first first month was ignoring the fact I had it on the calendar. The second month was I better get studying. And, and from there, uh, it was really setting aside time each week and keeping regimented. And as you get through the process and you work through Boiler treatment one month, cooling treatment next month, math equations the next. 
you really feel confident going into it that you've done everything you can. Well, when you decided to register for the actual date of the exam, what was that like and how did you do it? Sure. Well, so I took the to- test remotely through Pearson View. You mean you don't have to actually go to a technical training or an AWT training or a convention to take this exam? <laughs> no, you don't have to sit in a room with 20 of your competitors who you're convinced are looking over your shoulder. In fact, I would recommend that a lot of people take it remotely because you can do it on your own time and uh, it's close to your home and it's something that is personal for you to do. Uh, you don't need everyone looking over your shoulder when you get the certification. It's for you and your own career. Uh, it's not something that you need to do in front of everybody else. You know, that's probably, for some reason, the best-kept secret that's not a secret in the Association of Water Technologies that you don't have to come to an AWT event to take the CWT exam. Right, yeah, and it's really not hard to sign up for online. You go to Pearson View, you, you sign up and register, you get a code, and they're very specific about what you need for the test. And if you have a second, I should really tell you what that process is like, because that was interesting. Please. Yeah, so when you take the test remotely, you sign up, and Pearson View is a national company, so they really take the testing process seriously. So it was a little intimidating at first, and I'll share this for everybody. So when you take it, you're not quite as intimidated. Um, But I showed up, and I met a gentleman and he asked for my IDs, so I had two government IDs, and then he took my picture, and then he asked for a signature and had to match them to both the IDs, and then he took my palm print to ensure that it was, in fact, me and not my twin brother or somebody else. So they actually doing biometrics on you at the center. Absolutely. And then he looked me up in the system, and he said, certified water technologist? I've been doing this for 10 years. I've never heard of anybody ever taking this test. must be pretty important. So I I got a kick out of that. It's the most important one in the world. (laughs) It is. It is. So after that was all done, he gave me the materials, pen and paper. There's a calculator. And then everything else was on the computer. But he walked me into a room where I was under video surveillance the entire time I was taking the test. So as this is all happening so quick, you get into the testing center and you start to feel like you're being detained for something that you did wrong. But (laughs) don't let it alarm you. Uh, In fact, I think all of that makes getting your certification uh, have even more credibility. There is no way to cheat this test. It has been run through and authenticated. And you know, Trace, at the AWT, how much time they spend putting this together. Sure. So once you get through that and you start taking it, it's really a straightforward test. There's no tricks or turns along the way. And there are a couple of advantages, I think, to taking it remotely. Uh, when people come to the technical training seminars and, and specifically my math presentation, I have a little segment in there that I teach people how to use their scratch paper, and it's primarily to make sure that they're reading the question all the way through. They're reading each answer all the way through, so there's not a better answer further down that you didn't get to. 
And then if you don't know the answer, to write it down on your scratch paper so you can come back to it. But remotely, there's something even better. Can you tell our audience about that? So when you take the test remotely through Pearson View, what's nice is you're using your mouse to click on the answer. And it is multiple choice, 200 questions. So you can go through and answer the questions. There's a flag where you can flag your questions if you're not sure about it. And you can run through the entire exam and flag whatever you're not sure about and then come back to it later. And for the remote exam, they give you four hours, which is more than enough time to go through all 200 questions, make sure you understand them, go through them again, and then edit any answers that you might need to change. Yeah, and it's four hours standard, so whether you're taking it there or you're taking it uh, at an AWT event. Once you finished, how long did it take for you to get your results? I found out on the spot, and I'm not sure, is that the case when you do it in person? It is not, so then it has to be graded. It happens fairly quickly, but, you know, you imagine any time that's not instant seems like an eternity. Right. No, so I I walked out of the room with the camera, and the proctor came to find me, and then he sat down and hit a couple buttons and said, congratulations, you passed. And I about did a backflip right there in the lobby. <laughs> and then I asked him, so what was my score? How would I do? And he says, well, it doesn't tell me that. It just reports back to your Association of Water Technologies and uh, says that you you passed, which is greater than 70 percent, I believe. Right. That is correct. So and the reason that that is the way, you know, what did I do on various sections is the AWT felt that we didn't want to pose CWTs against each other. And we felt that there's so much stuff in that test that, you know, a CWT is a CWT. So anybody that gets a passing grade is head and shoulders above everybody else out there in the water treatment industry. The second I found out I passed, there was nothing better. It was six months of work, and I was so determined after spending so much time studying and learning that uh, I would have taken it two or three times if I had had to. But I'm, I'm glad I passed on the first go, and it, it's been wonderful to have. Yeah, and you say it took six months to study, but then you also said earlier, and I just want to remind our listeners that, you know, you were really studying for the entire five-year period that it takes to, to get the exam. I would just wanted to follow up with that. People not thinking that they cannot do anything, you know, not do anything for four years and then uh, wait for the last six months and go take the exam. Right. No. And really, the exam is intended to take your practical experience in the field and expand it to technical knowledge. So you you really need to use everything that you've come across, uh, whether working on softeners. I'm sure many people listening have size softener systems and had to calculate grains per gallon and what's going through them. Uh, people have had to do chemical dosing for uh, feed rates on their systems. But uh, just so they know, it's not as math intensive as you might think. You're not going into stoichiometry. You need to know what anionic and cationic resin is, but you're not going to be required to look at the uh, chemi- chemical notation of, of those types of products. So don't let it scare you. Take what you know and read that technical resource manual and expand it. And I think you'll find you'll do really well on the test. Yeah, it took a long time for the people that were involved in developing that exam to make sure that it was an experience-based exam. And that's exactly what you're telling everybody right now. That's it. 
So you walked out of there, you got your CWT. What was the first thing you did? <laughs> I called uh, I called the owner of the company and said, I'm glad you paid the money for me to take the test. <laughs> <laughs> it was not wasted. You got another CWT working for you. Absolutely. Outstanding. What was the second thing you did? Well, called my wife and kids. And I, you know what? When you spend this much time working on something, you should tell your friends and get that encouragement. You should tell your family. You should tell your coworkers. By the time I went in to take that test, I had a whole cheerleading section. So I felt like I just got married and I was calling all my buddies to let them know or something. It, w- it was a great experience. Well, I know, Andy, you called me and uh, you and I spoke a lot through this process and I could not have been more proud. And I think one of my proudest moments was when you asked me if I would send in a letter of recommendation for you. That's right. So for people listening, know that you pass the test, but that's really the first step. So when, when you're done, you need to get letters of recommendation from people who have known you over the years in the industry. And they can be water treaters. They can be customers, uh, but they have to be a manager level or higher. So it can be anyone who's known you over the past years that you studied for the exam. And really, it, it's just a testament to your character that you're honest in everything that you do, because there is a 13-point code of ethics that you sign as well when you get your CWT, so there is an ethical standard. But it also shows that, that you're ready to make a career in the water treatment industry. These people can testify to who you are and that you're going to make a good name for other water treatment experts. Yeah, I'll make sure to put links to the technical training and reference manual that you listed and also the processes that AWT has put together that you're actually describing right now. No, that's great. And there's so much on the AWT website that anyone who's even just considering taking the test, that's where I tell them to start. Go to the AWT website, look at all the materials there, and they've done such a good job that you can really get a good starting amount of information Well, Andy, let me ask you, now that you've been through the entire process, you've taken the exam, you've been weighed and measured by the committee, you've put all your uh, all your forms in, all of your letters of recommendation, and you have the CWT designation. What do you know now that you maybe wished you knew before that would have helped you out? Well, I think, like I was saying before, just knowing the test is very achievable. When I speak with other people in the water treatment industry, it's like this, it's viewed as a, as a big gargantuan test. And you get the impression that it, it's really difficult. Only a couple people in the world could pass this test. And that couldn't be further from the truth. If you study and you spend the time in the industry, absolutely everybody who puts their mind to it can pass this test. And I think our industry would be better served if we all worked towards this. I know in our company, uh, it's a directive for everybody that we all work towards the CWT. So that was important to to find out that it it is an achievable test. The second thing that I'm glad that I learned along the way, and this is from you, Trace, is that you can't wait to fill out the paperwork. So there is a process, and even after you pass the test, getting that paperwork together takes time. And once you send it in, it takes one to two months before it gets reviewed and approved by the committee. So the worst thing that can happen is that you get to the point where you passed your exam, you're telling all your customers, and then a bid comes up where they require a CWT, 
and you don't have the official certification yet, so you can't put your name in. And now, wait a second, Andy. You're telling me that there are bids out there that required a certified water technologist to do the work? Well, absolutely. Have you run into any? Absolutely, I have. See, that was a for effect for my listeners. <laughs> absolutely. So I'm bidding one right now up here in Minnesota that requires CWTs on staff and that the person servicing the account actively and managing the customer is a certified water technologist. And the best part about having that certification now is when I go to engineer firms, mechanical outfits, or customers, say a regional commercial real estate firm, and I help them write bid specifications, I can put in there that a CWT is required. And when I explain it to them, that uh, this isn't unique to our company. I'm not trying to write other water treatment guys out of this bid. I'm just trying to make sure that you get the absolute best care and service and that this is about value for your facilities and not just about price. Yeah, and I'm definitely seeing that more and more here in the state of Georgia where CWT is a requirement to do any sort of water treatment. And I know uh, with the Legionella of uh, items that are going on in various states, that's a requirement as well. So, folks, if you haven't seen that, it's coming. Yeah, and actually, Trace, you, you probably already know this, but one of the requirements in the New York law, right, is that your tower is inspected by either an industrial hygienist or a certified water technologist. Exactly. So when, when I passed the test and uh, Angela Pike, sent me over the information for the next step with the AWT, I asked her, uh, what number CWT am I? How many others have there been or are there currently in the country? And she responded that I was number 309. And I thought, wow, that's impressive. There's only 309 people, and I know it's going to grow. Um, but in the country, that's impressive. And she responded one more time and said, that's not in the country. That's in the world. Because this test is open to everybody. Well, if it makes it even more impressive and how many few of us are actually out there, mine's 186, and I got mine in 2003. Wow. And what's important, though, is you can't approach it with a chip on your shoulder, but it's kind of like being a part of a band of brothers, right, or a fellowship of people who are working to carry the industry forward. And so it's really humbling to be a part of that group. Uh, many of the past AWT presidents I know have been CWTs. Some of the biggest consultants in our industry have their credentials. So it it's great for, for marketing yourself, but it's also great for your career. Randy, let me ask you. There's a lot of people that I speak with at AWT that say, you know, when my customer requires me to do it, then that's when I'll do it. But I'm not going to do it on my own. I'm going to wait for somebody to make me. What would you say to them? Like I was saying before, what I would say to someone who's waiting to do it, uh, you're really missing out. So as I was studying, probably the best part and why I'm glad they make you wait a number of years before taking this in the industry is because as you study and learn, so much of what you're learning applies to here and now. So as I'm reading about RO systems, I can apply those new pieces of information to my customers that are having problems where I might not have solved that otherwise. Or someone who's worried about not passing the test. Again, if you view this as 
your own personal advancement, then even if you study hard and maybe you do fail the first time, you've learned so much more than any of your colleagues up until that point that you really are light years ahead of them and you can really become a resource to everyone else in your company. That's a great point. And I think I gave you this advice, but if I didn't, I apologize. But I tell people all the time, don't put pressure on yourself to pass it. Make pressure on yourself to schedule it and then prepare for it as best you can and then take it. Because worst case scenario, if you don't pass it, you now have the experience of what it's like. And now you can go in there the second time and you're a lot more relaxed because you know exactly what to expect. Did, did I share that with you or is that something I kept with Permia? No, no. Actually, test-taking techniques, I've heard you speak about that before in trainings, and, and it does mean okay, a lot. I just wanted to make sure you weren't mad at me. <laughs> no, 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 no. So you got your CWC, you sent everything in, it's official, and now you're actually out and you're talking with customers, you're talking with prospects. What does that designation do for your confidence? Well, for me, it was it was amazing. There's a lot of people in water treatment, like like you, Trace, that came from a history. Uh, their parents were in the industry, and you know, it's the mafia, so everyone stays in it. And they can fall back on on their family name or or uh, some of the other projects they've done over the years. But for me, I, I'm new to it. So the second I passed, I took that logo and I put it on my letterhead for all my proposals, and I put it on my email signatures, and they gave me a pin that I wear in my lapel, and they gave me a sticker that I put on my portfolio everywhere I walk around. So everywhere I go, people ask me, what in the world is a certified water technologist? And I get to explain how it sets us apart, and it really gives me confidence when I'm working with customers because, one, I know that all the resources exist for me to answer any questions they have, and two, as a CWT, I know that there's a community of three or 400 other people that I could make a phone call to, and they would all be more than happy to help because we, we all signed the Code of Ethics. We're all in this for the greater good, and it's not about competition. It's about doing the best job possible. So what are some other benefits that you've realized? Well, there's a lot of benefits about the CWT, uh, really it's what I found is it's just a starting point. So when you get your CWT, you realize just how little you know about the industry. Maybe after two or three or four years, you figure, hey, I've got this on lockdown. I've got a routine. I, I get a few new customers every few months. Things are good. But then you study for that exam and you take it. And then you're introduced to all of these people who have made careers of the industry. And you find out, the sky's the limit. So it's opened me up to a whole new world. To tell you a story, a funny thing happened after I got my CWT is I was called in to survey a, a big petroleum plant up in our region. And they, they make gasoline and refine it there. So I was called on site and I got suited up in my flame retardant suit. And they put a hydrogen sulfide monitor on me and I looked like I was straight out of a movie. And if I'm being honest, uh, typically I don't call on big industrial equipment. We have guys in our company that do that, but I really am a mid-market guy, government and commercial real estate. So I walk through there thinking, I'm over my head. They're going to run me into stuff that I have no clue about. And 
as I walked through the plant, there was certainly a lot of stuff in the refining industry uh, that was new to me. But every time the chief engineer took me up to a new cooling tower or a boiler system, that it was amazing because I realized through all my studying and through my experience, I knew exactly what was going on. In fact, I was grinning ear to ear about halfway through because the big national company that was in there, uh, national with a capital N, was making a lot of mistakes. And that's why I was there in the first place. And I was able to identify the mistakes. And because I had my CWT, no one ever called into question my age or my background. They knew that I had the expertise to make a good recommendation. So that's been amazing to be able to go through that process and really at all levels of our industry feel confident that I can really help our customers out. That's a great story. I mean, the fact that you did all that work, you got the certification, and then instantly as soon as you got it, it gave you that boost of confidence that ultimately translated into more money for you and your company because you're able to go after business that you weren't comfortable going after before and you're doing it successfully. Absolutely. Outstanding. Well, as everybody knows, or they should know, that the CWT is not a lifelong designation. You have five years to do what you need to to qualify to recertify. Anything you want to tell our listeners about that? Yeah. The education portion is really easy. They make it easy for you with the Association of Water Technologies. So you can go online, and this is actually how I studied for the exam in part. And if you're a member, there's a lot of tests that you can take just for continuing education. You can read about closed loops or biocide applications or pretreatment, and you can take a test at the end. In fact, I I can admit I made a little mistake in the fact that I took so many tests before I passed that by the time I passed, I thought, shoot, now I've got to redo those same tests for the the continuing education credit. <laughs> well, that's a great tip. I've never even thought about take the certify or the recertification quizzes to help prep you. That that's I've never even thought of that. <laughs> yeah, well, that and then also I believe you get a number of points for going to the annual conference. Uh, maybe it's. 12 or 15 of the uh, the 25. Yeah, I'm going to have Angela Pike on to tell us exactly how many points. I don't want her fussing at me because we gave the wrong number and people are calling her. So we will get the proverbial horse on and she will tell us exactly what all those points are. Perfect. But oh, She's going to fuss at me because she's going to think I just called her a horse, isn't she? Angela, <laughs> I did not call you a horse. I was using a metaphor. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't get on her bad side, Trace. Absolutely. You know, you actually called me and asked if this show qualified for continuing education units. And the funny thing is, you're not the only one. I've had emails about that. So we'll have to ask Angela about that one. That would be great. So anything else that you want to share with our listeners about the CWT or the process? Well, taking the test is is achievable. That's the moral of the story. I think everyone should do it. And I know in our company, and our company is not the only one, that there's an expectation that you continue to grow and learn. So I've always believed that leaders are learners. You should always have a book on your end table. You should always be asking questions. You should always be curious for yourself or within your customers' accounts. 
because in the end, we're water treatment guys, and yes, there's a sales component to what we do, but sales is not what we should be focusing on. We should be focusing on finding every possible problem that our customers have and then working towards a solution. And I've only been doing this a little over five years, and it amazes me how unique every problem is that I run into. So if you continue to dig and keep your curiosity, you're going to keep finding problems. And if you don't work towards something greater like a CWT, you're just going to deadhead. You're going to run out of capacity. You're going to stop being able to find these solutions. And then you're just going to stop finding new customers, to be honest. So it's in your best interest to go ahead, schedule the time, do the work, and become certified. Join the club. I can't think of better advice. Well, I think you did a great job summing up what people should expect if they go for their CWT. And from your previous words, there's every reason that they should. Absolutely. All right. Well, my next couple of questions are just to get to know you a little bit better. And I call them the lightning round. Are you ready for this? Yes, sir. I'm ready. My hand is over the buzzer. All right. So uh, what was the last book that you read? The last book that I read is a series of books called Flash Fiction, which is a series of short stories. So Tim O'Brien, The Things They Carry, Ursula K. Le Guin. I like a mix of fiction, history, and, and fantasy. So I've been reading through that. All right. Before, before that, I was, I was reading a book called The Name of the Wind by an amazing author, Patrick Rothfuss, in... Wisconsin, who's a fantasy writer, and at the same time, I've been reading about comparative public administration, so I, I try to keep it broad, whatever it's <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so obviously they're going to make a movie about your life, so when they do, who plays the part of Andy Morgan? Huh. Well, I don't know if I, I told you this, Trace, I do have an identical twin brother. I don't so, think I knew that. No, they would have, there would have to be two of me. He's not in water treatment, but he's a counselor, so um, it's really not too far off from what we do day to day, right? So that's why you made the comment earlier that they had to make sure it wasn't actually your brother. Yeah, ah. yeah. So we we've, we've tried to trick the system before, but uh, it hasn't worked yet. But if someone were to play me in a movie, it would have to be Harrison Ford. So. Indiana Jones is my all-time favorite movie growing up. He was smart. He was adventurous. He was curious. He was always learning. And leather jacket and motorcycle is James Dean-level cool. So that's, without a doubt, if if they could bring him back to Harrison Ford from the 70s, (laughs) that would be great. Why did it have to be snakes? Oh, I hate snakes. (laughs) Awesome. I love it. All right. So now we're going to talk about Back to the Future because everybody loves that movie, right? So you get in the DeLorean, you set the flux capacitor to take you back to the very day where you start as a water treater. What advice do you give yourself? Oh, wow. Yeah, I don't know about you, Trace, but the the first few weeks seem like a blur, especially if, if you're not familiar with the industry. But what I would probably go back and tell myself is what I think I did fairly well is just make friends with absolutely everybody along the way. 
because the more you spend time in the field, the more you find out it's a small industry. Everybody knows each other, and you take care of the janitor all the way up to the guy in charge, and people move up the ladder, and they they take you along with them, and you're going to call on friends for favors countless times down the road. So don't be in too big a hurry, I would tell myself, to get your service done, to write your reports. Make sure that the most important part of every visit is really spending time with the people you're there to see because they're what make the job fun, but they're also the people that, that you need to, to make sure are, are happy with the results. Great advice. All right, so now you have the ability to talk to anybody throughout history. Who would it be and why? <laughs> oh, man, does it have to be a real person? I've never had anybody ask me that before, so <laughs> no, I want to hear what you say. Oh, man. Well, see, I can't take the same question twice, right? Because Indiana Jones is right up there. <laughs> that, that, that'd be great. But if I had to talk to anyone throughout time, I remember Tom had said Ben Franklin. He's a pretty good one. Yeah, we've had a lot of people uh, talk about American historical figures. Uh, I don't know if I've said this on a previous show, and I'm trying to stall to give you some more time to think. But I got a I got a call, or not a call, but an email in. And they said, uh, why is everybody picking American presidents? And most everybody's picked Ben Franklin. So I'm glad we're better at chemistry as CWTs than we are at history. <laughs> right. One of my hobbies has always been astronomy in outer space. I worked at a planetarium in college. It's where I met my wife. I'm a member of the Minnesota Astronomical Guild up here in Minnesota. So I would think if I had the opportunity, I would want to meet Jim Lovell from Apollo 13. Mm. So anyone who has the courage to launch himself out into space for the sake of so many other people for exploration and then to come through so much adversity and, and to work through it, has probably got just light years of of experience and wisdom and things that he can share. So I, I think uh, he would be the one I'd want to spend my time with. Great answer. You know, when I was preparing for the project management certification, they actually showed a clip from that movie uh, when they had to figure out how to get the air scrubbers to work. And they said, you got to get this round thing into the square hole and you got 45 minutes to do it. <laughs> that's every day of my life. That's your, that's your job <laughs> that's, too, right? That's what a water trader does. How do you get this round thing in this square hole? And you got 45 minutes to do it. Well, I definitely appreciate you taking the last 45 minutes, spending it with us and letting us know what to expect with a CWT and having the audience getting to know you a little bit better. So thanks so much for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. It's an honor to be on. I hope you have a better perspective now on what it's like to take the CWT examination at a remote location. Now we're going to hear from Andy on what it's like to take the examination at a technical training seminar. No, Andy Morcom didn't take the test twice, although many have. Now we're going to speak with Andy Williams of Southeastern Laboratories, and he's going to tell us about his experiences on how he took the test. So join me as I interview Andy Williams, CWT. My lab partner today is Andy Williams of Southeastern Laboratories and new certified water technologist. 
Congratulations, Andy. How are you? I'm doing well, Trace. Thanks. I appreciate you having me on your show. Absolutely. I know a lot of people call in and they have questions about getting their CWT and what they need to know and how do they start and what is the process like. So I really appreciate you coming on and sharing your experience with us. No problem at all. Well, before we get to that, how about we introduce you to our studio audience? So if you will, let us know a little bit about yourself. Sure. Well, I've been in the water treatment industry for uh, close to 12 years now. Like you mentioned, I currently work with AWT member company Southeastern Laboratories in North Carolina. I'm also married. I have a couple kids. I live on a barrier island off of the coast of North Carolina. So we do quite a bit of outdoor water activities, uh, boating, fishing, hiking. I also like to do some golf and downhill skiing in the wintertime. Well, nice. Well, let me ask you, because I'm, I'm always curious to how people find the water treatment industry, and you've been in it for 12 years, so obviously you like it and it's stuck. How did you find your way into water treatment? Well, that's a great question. I actually kind of stumbled into it after I graduated college, and I may be dating myself when I say this, but uh, I looked through the newspaper for the job openings. I found one with a company called Industrial Water Engineering in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and had a great interview with, with IWE, and I didn't get the job initially, but they called me back about a year later and asked me if I was still interested, and that's how it began. Well, how about that? And then how long were, were you at that company? I was with IWE close to six years. So I know uh, Bernadette Combs, who is a fan of scaling up and a good friend of mine. I can't think of anybody nicer in the water treatment industry. So what brought you over to Southeastern Laboratories? Well, I ended up leaving industrial water engineering to go to work in Phoenix, Arizona with another AWT member company, CH2O. The wife and I were basically just looking for a change. We had been in New Mexico our entire life. So... I had an opportunity to go work with CH2O in the Phoenix area and decided that it would be a good move for us at that point in time. Shortly after, you know, working with uh, CH2O, I, I kind of was getting sick of the Phoenix summers, of, you know, 130 days or 30 days of 110 plus degrees kind of wears on you after a while being outside. But they say no humidity, like that matters, right? Right, right. Hot is hot once you get above 110. So I actually uh, ran into another opportunity to work with a commodity chemical distributor, Univar. And I decided to take that position kind of to expand on my sales experience. And although I wasn't directly in the water treatment industry, um, I did deal with a lot of customers that uh, had water treatment issues or different aspects of water treatment that they were doing, like zero liquid discharge at power plants and a lot of different water treatments in the mining industry, which were my primary customers uh, with Univar. So I did that for about a year, and then the economy kind of went down in 2009, and I found myself laid off in Phoenix, Arizona, looking for work. And a friend of mine that works in the mining industry, offered me a position to be a project manager in West Virginia, of all places. So, with the family and I decided that that would uh, 
be an interesting uh, endeavor. So we, we packed up and moved to southern West Virginia, and I worked in the mining industry for about another year until I lay, got laid off again. And I said, you know what? I, I need something with a little bit more stability. So my true passion has always been in the water treatment industry. And so I jumped right back into it. And we actually had moved to North Carolina shortly after uh, I had been laid off with the mining industry company I was working for. So uh, that's kind of how we got to North Carolina. And I was working for a, a small water treatment company that I had found out here. They uh, kind of did water treatment on the side. It wasn't their primary focus of business. And um, I found Southeastern Laboratories, you know, interviewed with them and decided to make the change and move to Southeastern Laboratories, which was a great move because they, they're a strong AWT member company and their sole focus is water treatment, which is exactly what I was looking for. I always find people's journey in the water treatment industry very interesting to, to listen to. And yours, of course, is no exception to that. So thank you for sharing that. <laughs> no problem. So obviously you said, I'm, I, this is the industry I want to be in. There's some rewards for it that I like. You know, I, I normally don't hear of AWT companies laying people off. I know that could happen, but normally you don't, you don't hear of that. So normally I think you're right. It is a, it is a good place for water treaters to be because we normally have jobs and we don't have to, we don't have to worry about stuff like that. Normally. Normally. <laughs> that being said, you decided to go and get your certified water technologist designation. What was the reason you decided to go for that? Well, and you may not know this about me, Trace, but I actually did obtain the CWT designation in 2005 when I was working with industrial water engineering. No, I did not know that. I, I did. And, um, when I was working in the uh, mining industry, it, it was during that five-year expiration period, and, and I let it expire, unfortunately. I guess that's kind of, there's two sides to that question. Uh, initially, uh, when I was with IWE, the reason I wanted to get the CWT was not only to expand my depth of knowledge in the field, but also to be able to demonstrate to customers that I do have the knowledge that it takes to properly treat their their industrial water systems. And uh, not to mention there was a little bit of a financial incentive from, from industrial water engineering to get that certification as well. Now, fast forward to 2016, um, my primary reason for getting the CWT was, was because I was disappointed that I had let it expire. And so, I wanted to get that certification as quickly as possible back back in my repertoire. So, well, I didn't know that. So, uh, for those listeners out there, you know, don't let that thing expire because you got to take the freaking test over again, don't you? That's right. <laughs> and, and it was just as hard the second time. <laughs> so, uh, well, I tell you, what, let's let's go back to the first time when you got your CWT. Okay. What were some of the things that you did? to prepare to go and take that examination? Quite a few things. I think about, I guess I was probably about a year and a half into, into the industry and attended a AWT water treatment training seminar. And that was really good for me at that point in my career because it, it kind of showed me, you know, where I was at in those areas that I needed to work on uh, as far as my knowledge base to, to take and pass the exam. So, attending a, the water treatment seminar at an AWT uh, convention was 
was the initial part. And then I began to study, study, study. And in particular, I went into depth into the technical reference and training manual. All right. And then uh, anything different you did on the second time as far as your preparation? Well, not really. I mean, I, I had to refresh everything I had learned previously. You know, I went right back back to the technical reference and training manual. And fortunately, I had highlighted quite a bit of information that I committed to memory earlier. So I basically reviewed all of that and attended an, another water treatment seminar prior to taking the exam. So let me ask, how important do you think attending the technical training seminar prior to taking the exam was for you? I think it was very important. Like I said, it, it gave me an idea of where I was at as a water treater and those areas that I, I needed to work on and, and focus on a little bit more to successfully pass the exam. Yeah, uh, I get questioned about that quite a bit. You know, if I take the technical training, am I ready to go take the exam? And it's interesting that you say it, it really does help prepare you. But that's where I think I would stop that statement, because specifically as the Educational Committee co-chairman, I am here to tell everybody in the Scaling Up Nation that we do not teach the exam. No. What we do is we, we talk about what you need to know as a seasoned water treater, as a multidimensional water treater. And it just so happens to be that that's what the CWT tests as well. Yep. And I agree with that 100%. There's definitely additional materials that, that need to be looked at in addition to going to a water treatment training seminar. So there are a lot of people out there that are really good readers and they can read something and take a test. You taking the test twice, and it was two different versions, but still you've got more experience than both at passing the test successfully two times. Would you think somebody could actually just read a book and go and pass that test? No. In my experience, there was a lot of, I guess you could say, experience-based questions. So, you know, if you haven't encountered a certain situation in the field, then you probably wouldn't know the answer to that particular question on the test, if that makes sense. I think that makes perfect sense. I remember there were a couple when I was, I had my CWT, but we were trying to get cut scores and trying to get so many uh, CWTs to actually take the test when we did the new version, that there were some things on there that I had never seen before. And <laughs> even though I knew what they were, I was not answering those questions correctly. So I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, what I did was I would take the the knowledge I gained from the reading and then try to apply it to my field experience for that week or that month. And that just kind of reinforced, you know, what I had learned in, in the book and was able to apply, apply it practically in the field. So other listeners asked me the question, when do I know when it's the right time to take the exam? How did you know when it was the right time to take it? <laughs> and that that's a difficult question. Initially, I was very nervous about the calculations portion of the exam. I only had about three and a half years of, of experience. It's difficult. You know, so if, if I figured I needed some help with a certain area, I would ask. Fortunately, at Industrial Water Engineering, they had pretty good training uh, where we would cover different topics, uh, like on a Monday morning meeting, and then we had the chance to go back out into the field that week and, and kind of see how it applies to the field work we were doing. 
I think that you know the combination of experience and the and the book learning is gives you a give you will give you an idea of of if you're ready or not. And if you're not, then definitely explore those areas that you're not. If if you've never dealt with like an RO, for example, um, and you have maybe another rep in the same company that deals with one, and ask if you can get involved in those types of situations, and that definitely will will help solidify. The knowledge and uh, make you feel a little bit more comfortable about being ready for the exam. And I will say that something that you did that I think a lot of people are successful because they do it that way is they take the test, right? I'm sorry, I can't call it a test. Angela Pike will get mad at me. It's an examination. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so a lot of people will take the examination directly after the technical training on that Sunday. And not only is there a little review there, but I think the more important thing is you now have a rock solid date that you're working towards that you now can work backwards and figure out how am I going to study for this in little bite sized pieces so I can successfully pass it on that date. Was that helpful for you? Absolutely. I mean, that, that I think that was key. So when you decided to get your CWT, uh, and we'll say the, the the first time or even the second time, mm-hmm. you've been through the process twice. So so you're a very good person to ask about this. So somebody out there listening that knows nothing about the process other than they want to start to get their CWT, can you explain what the process was that you went through? You mean like the day of the exam process? Well, no, actually before that. So how did you sign up for the exam? What uh, did you have to fill any forms out? All that sort of stuff, if you can remember. Well, fortunately, uh, people in, in the office, both both at Industrial Water Engineering and Southeastern Laboratories, I told them, I said, okay, I'm, I'm ready. I want to set a date and let's get me scheduled for the next uh, water treatment training seminar and get me scheduled for the exam. And so they kind of took care of the the signing up process for me, which was nice. But then, like you said, I had a, a date to work towards and was able to devote the time I needed to to, to refresh those items the second time and uh, focus on the items I wasn't sure of the first go around. All right. So um, what was the actual day like when you went to go sit down in that huge room with all those different chairs in it and they were checking your ID and telling you to sit in an assigned spot? What was that like? Well, it, you know, it's very formal. I, I made sure to get plenty of sleep the night before and arrived at the exam room early. And then, you know, after everyone was checked in and Angela was very thorough in the instructions for the exam. So she explained everything and answered any questions that we had before we actually started the test. So then the time begins and I I just worked through the exam. I skipped questions that I wasn't exactly 100% sure about, but I made sure to read the supplemental packet that came with the exam first uh, so I could identify those questions that were related to the information in, in the supplemental packet and just worked through the exam. I spent uh, the entire time on it. I did have a little bit of time to go back and, and do a quick review of my answers before I did turn in the, the exam. But uh, I used every bit of time that, that we were allowed. Well, I got to say, I commend you for uh, looking through the supplement. A lot of people... Don't do that. Uh, and I know Angela's told me that a lot of people don't open up all their materials. Mm-hmm. I think it's a great piece of advice. If, if you're going to be given something on the exam, make sure you know what's there. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, did you use your scratch paper? 
I did. I did. It was very useful, uh, not only for uh, working out some of the calculations, but also to jot down notes for for questions that I might have skipped and that sort of thing. Yeah, we're going to do a uh, this is all going to be in a series. So you're going to be part probably two of three. And in the wrap up, I'm going to explain how I tell people in the math section how to use their scratch paper. But you're going to have to wait for that. Uh, All right. So what would you tell listeners that are on the fence thinking, well, I'd like to get my CWT, but I'm not really sure I'm going to put it off a little bit longer. What would you tell them? I would say go for it. The benefits are rewarding from the knowledge that that you gain from obtaining the CWT designation. I've found that I can solve a lot of customer problems that not all water treaters can do. So you felt that studying for the exam uh, opened your eyes to get more experience while you're out in the field? Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. Yep. So you mentioned working with customers. How did the opinion of you with your prospects and customers change once you got that designation? Well, it's interesting because a lot of, at least my customers, don't really know what the certified water technologist designation means. So. It kind of gives you an opportunity opportunity to explain to current customers, hey, this is what it means and this is what I've got to go through and you know I've got to got to agree to the the ethics and you can see uh, once once you explain to someone what it, what it means, they kind of look at you a little different. Well, oh, so you're you're the real deal is the kind of uh, response I think I get. What happened to your confidence level once you got your CWT? It, it went up drastically, especially uh, initially in 2005. I just felt more confident about different scenarios that, that we as water treaters run to in our day-to-day work. Were there any accounts you were scared to call on? And then after you got your CWT, you're like, hey, I can handle this. Yeah, yeah. You know, some of the uh, electronics industry accounts seemed a little intimidating. You know, they've got all these different processes and you know how do i how do i treat an aluminum boiler and 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 after getting the cwt i felt very confident in uh addressing some of these customers that may have a little bit more intricate processes than a typical hvac tower or a simple steam boiler so let's go back to the testing procedure after you finished your test and you turned it in about how long was it until you found out that you passed i think it took about a month maybe maybe a little bit longer and then what was that process like? How did you find out? I received an email from Angela Pike, and it basically just said, congratulations, you have passed your CWT, and here are the next steps on the road to uh, actually obtaining the designation. I guess there's another letter that says, we're sorry you didn't pass. Well, we didn't get those, so we don't know what those right. are. Right. I, <laughs> I haven't seen it. <laughs> all right. All right. So, um, so uh, yeah, it's like when you when you go into college and you don't get into where you want to go and those right. are written in a certain way. I don't know why I'm talking about that. We're going to move on. <laughs> so, uh, what what else do you think you can let our listeners know about your experience with CWT? Well, it's worked out well for me. I have a, a few customers that obviously they go out to bid periodically and because of the work I've done and what the customers see in their efficiency, you know, they don't want to necessarily lose me as their vendor for water treatment. And so some of the customers will actually put uh, language into the bid specs saying, hey, we would prefer that 
the successful vendor have a certified water technologist designation from AWT. And that that's very helpful uh, because not a lot of people have it. And I would be actually comfortable losing account to another CWT because I know they're going to do the treatment correct. What a great thing to say. I, I, as a water treater, I appreciate that. Well, good. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I hate losing business because somebody was cheaper than I was. Come on, folks. That's no way to do water treatment. Take business from me all day long, but teach me something in the process. Tell me I'm doing something wrong. Yeah. I mean, sell it on your merits. So mm. uh, I appreciate you saying that. <laughs> well, it's true, I think so. And then moreover to that, uh, I see certified water technologists in specifications more and more in the Atlanta area. So if you're in an area where you haven't seen that, I think it's coming with uh, uh, ASHRAE is is recognizing it. Uh, I think BOMA is recognizing it. There's all sorts of these groups that our customers are going to that are talking about the certified water technologist designation. So if you haven't seen that, you will see that. It is coming. So uh, let's talk about one more thing before we move on to uh, some other questions. Now, you had an experience where you did not keep up with your CWT because you went to another industry and then you let it lapse. But what is the recertification process like? You've got to obtain 25 continuing education units. So, And that's over, I guess, a, a five-year period. There's different ways to do that. Uh, you can attend another water treatment training seminar. And I think that's good for 15, which that's a big chunk of it right there. Yeah, that's 15. And then uh, also the uh, the fundamentals and applications class was just approved to get five CEUs. Ah, there we so go. So if you wanted to go, go through that, you could get that as well. Yep. And then there, of course, there's the webinars through AWT, which count as one. And then there's other things you can do. Like if I have a customer that wanted me to do a presentation on just basic water treatment so that people who not aren't necessarily involved with it, but maybe management wanted to know why we do what we do. So I put together a PowerPoint and, and did about an hour and a half long training seminar for a customer in their management group. And then I can submit that, that roster to Angela and get, I think it's worth another additional CEU. So there's, there's different ways to accumulate those. <laughs> Have you ever had any issues finding enough CEUs? No, I haven't. I think, you know, with with the sales meetings we have at Southeastern Laboratory, too, we go through quite a bit of, of topics for training at these meetings. And uh, I think Mark Lewis submits those to Angela, and we also get a credit for those. So it's it's fairly easy to to accumulate them, but it's definitely worthwhile to, to log into the website, AWT website, and see where you're at and know where you need to be. So it does not expire because I do not plan on taking the test at 30. <laughs> you've, you've done that. You're done with it. That's right. So I, I know for myself, I try to get all the CEUs out of the way in the beginning of the five years. So that way I don't have to, in the last six months, oh, where am I going to get 25 units? Right. <laughs> and, and I think I'm willing to bet that that's where most people have their downfalls. They just don't keep up with it. And if they do, it's not that big of a deal if we do it from yep. the first year. So, exactly uh, so advice from both you and I as CWTs, do it today. Don't wait till tomorrow. Very good advice. 
All right. So let's talk about some other questions about uh, water treatment. Who would you say uh, has helped you most in the water treatment industry? Oh, that's another tough question. It's really hard to just nail down one specific person. Well, it it can be a village. That's okay. (laughs) Okay. Well, I I have a village, so I got to give a lot of credit to the the group at Industrial Water Engineering because they took the time to do like these weekly trainings, you know, company meeting Monday morning, we're going to go over this topic and they would quiz us about it. And then, like I said, that gave me the, the opportunity to go out and apply it to the field in a practical sense. Before uh, Bernadette Norman, uh, her dad, Les Norman, was running the company when I worked for them. And so he was a great mentor in training me on AWT topics for for treatment of different industrial water systems. So I think he was instrumental and the company together as a whole with my initial experience. And, you know, now that I work with Southeastern Laboratories, I've got quite a few go-to people. My district manager, Steve Tuning, has been really great in uh, helping me with any technical issues that I have that may pop up. Of course, I can always rely on Mark Lewis, which, you know, he's a former uh, president of AWT, so there's a lot of knowledge there. And even though Bill Pearson doesn't work with us anymore, he's at Special Pathogens, he is on my speed dial. So if I have any questions uh, uh, about Legionella, I can certainly rely on on Mr. Pearson to help me out there. Well, excellent. And, you know, you, you mentioned some great people and you happen to be very lucky and work with them. But some of us might not be lucky and work with those people I'm going to do a show later on about finding a mentor and, and, and how those people can have the same experience that you did, even though they don't work for your company. Yeah. Uh, having a mentor, I think, is key. It, getting into the industry initially and then also uh, down the road because it's just an ever-changing field. And so there's that's what fascinates me about it is something new happens almost on a daily basis. So it's nice It never to, gets boring. That's right. It's nice to have those people to go, hey... Uh, never seen this before. What the heck's going on? (laughs) Exactly. So how do you go out and find new water treatment business? Well, there's kind of two two ways to that. I think initially when I moved to North Carolina, I didn't have a network per se. I had to do a lot of cold calling, knocking on doors and just trying to get in front of people. And that's that's kind of the hard way to do it, I think. But it, it worked because, you know, once I started building on that, that network and started getting to know different contacts in the area. It seems like the new business just, you know, not necessarily fell in my lap, but it would be word of mouth. Like customer X would talk to customer Y and say, Hey, this is who we're using. And, and he's doing an excellent job. And then the next thing you know, customer Y is giving me a call or wanting to set up a meeting to, to talk about their water treatment issues. So. So get out there and do it. Is that pretty much what you're saying? Yeah. I mean, get out there and do it. Don't be afraid to to make a sales call or, or walk in and, and just try to gain a contact at a, at a prospect. But I think the, the biggest advice I could give in that aspect is to listen for problems and offer solutions based on the knowledge that you gain from Association of Water Technologies as well as uh, taking the certified water technologist exam. All right. So one of the key themes of scaling up is to be a better water treater tomorrow than we are today. What advice can you give to our listeners to that end? 
Well, never stop learning. The field is is changing. There's new technologies. That's to me is is what makes it exciting is to keep up with all of these changes and and to dive into something new. If you like, I mentioned earlier, if you've never dealt with an RO and and you know there's one available for you to to work with someone at, go for it. Gain that knowledge. Um, you know, dive into different different processes that that maybe you haven't looked at before. Maybe you know, treating process molding loops that that are made out of aluminum or uh, there's a variety of different different things, but I would just encourage encourage everyone to just keep learning, and I think that that helps you kind of stay motivated and keeps the uh, excitement going for the career. I think that's great advice, and I would also add to that that if uh, any listeners out there are bored with their job and you're a water treater, you're doing it wrong. Perhaps. <laughs> You need to redo something or you need to rethink your career because it's never boring. I would agree 100% with that. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for Sarah sharing all your knowledge with, uh, with CWT and a little bit about you. But now let's go into some of the lightning round questions if you're ready for those. Sure. All right. So if you could go back in time and visit yourself on the first day you started as a water treater, what advice would you give yourself? I think I would tell myself not to be intimidated you know, for example, by larger systems. I remember the first time I saw a, a large water tube steam boiler, I was like, oh my God. And, but, you know, once you you break it all down, it it's, works the same as, as a small boiler. So, don't let larger systems uh, intimidate me, I think, is what I would tell myself if I could go back. <laughs> all right. So, what were the last three books that you've read? Well... <laughs> I've read several. Um, I do read a lot of technical articles and, and publications like The Analyst. I just started diving into the Betts Handbook of Industrial Water Conditioning since uh, James McDonald uh, pointed out on LinkedIn that there you can access it for free. So I was like, hey, well, that's pretty cool. I'll check it out. I think on the kind of entertainment or personal side, I'm starting book one of the Game of Thrones series. So. <laughs> have you watched the uh, shows? I have been watching the shows, and my wife read the books, and she's like, "You got to read the book." Uh, and she didn't tell me a lot more than that, but you know how the saying goes: the books are always better than the than the movies. So, well, I am a huge fan of those shows. Uh, they've been brought up several times on Scaling Up. Uh, I've read the first two books. They they follow the show pretty well, and they give you. Uh, an appreciation of what's going on in the backstory that you just don't get with uh, the television show. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Excellent. Excellent. All right. So with, with all the excitement that you've had in your life, eventually they're going to make a movie about your life. <laughs> Who plays you? Uh, well, that's a tough question, too. And I, I did put a little forethought into this question, but I don't know if you know who Thomas Gibson is. I don't think I do. Thomas Gibson plays Agent Hotchner from Criminal Minds. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I think he would be a good person to play me because he is the serious problem solver and never never loses a case. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I used to always I used to think he was the same guy that was the lead on Will and Grace that he was Will and somebody said no that wasn't him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what do I know? Different guy. So, well, if he's not available, can the will guy play you? Sure. Why not? Well, there, there you go. We're taking we're taking scripts now. 
All right. So uh, you can talk to anybody throughout history. Who would it be with and why? Well, this one was fairly easy for me. I would talk to Wilfred F. Langlier. The reason being is I would like to know his perspective on the Risner and Pecorius indices. And I know there's been some debate back and forth on which one is the most correct. So I would like to talk to Mr. Langlier and get his perspective on those ideas. I got to tell you, I don't give points during the lightning round, but if I did, that's an awesome answer. How about that? So I will tell you, and Paul, if you are listening, I have emailed you. I have called you. You are not returning my calls. I want to get Paul Pecorius on my show uh, primarily because I'm the math guy with AWT, and I know you've taken my math class, and I try to prove all of the formulas that we have. So who cares if you can run them or not? It's math. You can run them. I want you to know where they came from so they may makes sense. Mm -hmm. And I think I can do that for pretty much all the equations we have out there, except for the pH of equilibrium equation that he has in the PSI. I I don't know where those numbers came from. So I'm desperately trying to get a hold of Paul. So anybody out there in the Scaling Up Nation that knows Paul, please have him call me. I want to get him on the show. That would be awesome. (laughs) So, uh, well, great answers. I got to tell you, thanks so much for coming on the show. Great advice. Uh, I know you've probably motivated some of our listeners to take some action. So thank you for doing that. And thanks for listening to the show. And thanks for being on Scaling Up. Absolutely, Trace. I appreciate you having me on. Folks, above all else, I hope that this episode has inspired you to get your certified water technologist designation. You know everything you possibly could about the logistics of getting the CWT from Angela. And I hope you've gotten some insight and some inspiration from the Andes. It is my hope that this episode nudges you to saying, yes, I am going to get my certified water technologist designation. I assure you, everybody who has set out on that goal has felt that this is just an incredible challenge and they had no idea how to maneuver their way through this journey. So we're going to help each other with that. I want you to know that you're not alone. I felt the same way when I decided to get my CWT. Unfortunately, I did not have the resources that you all have in the Scaling Up Nation. You're wondering, what the heck am I talking about? So I want to tell you about that. But first, I want you to know that you fall into one of three categories. You are either don't have all your five years of experience And you've got to study a lot and you need to practice a lot. Don't be ashamed of that. We all start at the same point. The difference is few of us actually decide to make the journey to get the CWT. So if you're in that category, be loud, be proud. Some people just haven't decided they're going to get their CWT and they have enough experience. They have the proficiency of a water treater. They can just go and take the exam right now. They just haven't done that. And then all the rest of us fall somewhere in between. So no matter where you fall on that, the journey starts the same exact way. You have to commit to getting your CWT. 
Now, as we learned on episode 23, the one with Tim Fulton, when you publicly announce to somebody that you are going to do something, you're not only accountable to yourself, but now others are holding you accountable to get that thing done. So to help with this, I have started a LinkedIn group. The LinkedIn group is Scaling Up Nation. I encourage you to join the Scaling Up Nation LinkedIn group, and I'm going to give you your first homework assignment. Your first homework assignment is to post the date that you are going to take the Certified Water Technologist examination. Now, all of your peers know that you are going to do that, and you have publicly announced to the Scaling Up Nation that you're going to get this done. And folks, I know that you can do this. Now, you might be having some trouble coming up with a date. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to assess your experience level. Now, the best way to do that, if you don't have five years experience, is just simply say, when will I have my five years of industry experience? You can go ahead and put your date on there. If you're unclear about what knowledge that you need in order to pass the examination, Everybody feels that way. So realistically, if you have a very short time frame to take the exam, think about all the things that you need to know in order to feel comfortable sitting for that examination and pick that date. Then I want you to write it in your calendar. Write it in your calendar because we're going to create a study plan by working backwards from that. And then that date you are going to post on the Scaling Up Nation group LinkedIn page. Now look what you did. You got a date in your calendar, so you committed to yourself and you posted it to the Scaling Up Nation page on LinkedIn and you are accountable to all these other people that have the same common goal that you do. I know whenever I set a goal, it always helps me to set a date that I'm going to do something by and then I work backwards to make sure that I get it done. That might be the part that you're having a little bit of problems with. So here's what I want you to do with that. I want you to assess where you are. Now, what you can do, you can go on the AWT website and you can take some practice exams and you can see where you are. Also, if you know a CWT, get them to assess you. Ask them some questions and see if they can help assess where you are in that process. I think it's good that you share your experience on how you're doing these things on the Scaling Up Nation grouped in, it's hard to say, the Scaling Up Nation LinkedIn group page. So that way others can learn from what you're doing and vice versa. So share what your study plan is, share the successes that you're having, but also share the roadblocks. You might discover something that could help somebody else. So If you run into a roadblock, don't be embarrassed about that. Share that and maybe somebody else in the Scaling Up Nation can help you get over that. I also recommend that you share this date with the people that you work with. They're going to be ecstatic that you're committed to getting the Certified Water Technologist designation and now you've committed to them that you're going to do this. I know you've heard me say several times, a rising tide raises all boats. 
So let's help each other by being that rising tide so we can all get our CWTs. And by that, we will collectively raise the industry. Have a great week, folks.